Hi, this is your host, Akandi Adirale, and this episode is brought to you by water. Are you thirsty? Drink water. Hello, welcome to another episode of Pod Save Africa. My name is Akande Adirale, and I'm your host. Uh, on me today, I have with me a guest, uh, and we're going to talk about some wonderful things. Her name is Nyla Opianga. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna have her actually pronounce her name properly wow. for you in a second. Wow! But, uh, but I, I really tried my best. There's, there's, yeah. She's my friend, so I should, I should know better. Anyways, Nyla, do you, you mind introducing yourself to my guest, please? Um, good afternoon, evening, or morning. Okay, that's good. <laughs> you never know when somebody might listen to a podcast. Could my you? my name is um, Naila Opianga, and okay. I, I said the same thing. You said, uh, anyways. Okay. So uh, my name is Naila Opianga, and I am glad to be part of this, and I am looking forward to answering your questions. Okay, fantastic. Well, so bad little backstory, guys. Naila is from Gabon, right? Not Gambia, Gabon. Right. Not Ghana. Not Ghana. Gabon. Right. It's a smaller country. Not small, but smaller country in central, west central Africa. Right. It's it's by the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, south of Cameroon. South of Cameroon. It has north about, of Congo. North of Congo. Okay. You know what you're saying. It has, <laughs> it has 1.8 million people. It's a fantastic country and we're going to talk about it today with Nyla. Um, so my first question to Nyla and it's my favorite question to ask all my guests uh, Nyla, what do you care about with regards to your country? Um, so before we even we started, we were kind of chatting about that, right. and uh, like I hinted that I didn't want to talk much about politics, even though I do care about it um, okay. a lot. But I would say that among the the most important things that I care about is like education. I think. Okay. Education is key um, for the growth um, and development, not just of my country, but right. the, the uh, continent in general. Mm-hmm. So, does that answer your question? <laughs> so, we're going to talk about education and tippy-toe around politics. Tippy-toe. tippy-toe. Okay, <laughs> great. So, um, so Gambia... Wow! wow. <laughs> joke, joke. I was joking. I was yeah, joking. right. So yes. Gabon, Gabon is a Gabon is interesting case because your literacy rate, according to the UN, is about eight nine percent, which is yeah. pretty amazing. I'm surprised. You're surprised? No, I'm. I'm not. Okay. But... Okay. So why? How have you managed to pull that off? I know it's a smaller country, but mm-hmm. how do you have a situation where you know? Of the population above 15, 15 years old, eighty nine percent of them can either read or write. That's a pretty amazing. Yeah, actually, it's I I think it even um, decreased because five years ago I did some research. I had done some research for a paper and okay. it was above ninety. Okay. And uh, I think, well, we are tiptoeing now into politics. Okay. Um, the just a backstory. We yeah. we had. Um, we had our independence uh, in 1960, okay. um, like 
a lot of former French colony. Yeah. And uh, the first president we had stayed in power for about eight years. And then we uh, had... The first president, what was his name? Uh, Leon Mba. Leon Mba, like MBA. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. certainly. Okay. He didn't have one, though. But... <laughs> <laughs> Leon Mba. Yeah. And then after him, uh, we had... Um, back then, it was Albert Bernard Bongo, but uh, he later became Omar Bongo and I think another couple of other names. But anyways, right. he was in power from 1968 to 2009, okay. which is about like 42 Jesus. years. Yes. So he um, he was in power for that long because I think for about 20 years uh, while he was in, like since he started, we right. had only one party rule. Okay. And then in the 90s, I think following like the perestroika wind or something like people just kind of went out and and just protested and they had finally like multi-party okay. uh, rules so um among the all the things that he did uh as you know a long-lasting president is that he really reinforced the idea that people should get an education and i think okay. that also i mean that's my that's my guess um that that was facilitated. So that was the, bright, the silver lining to him being there for forty years. He was. Well, I would say there. I mean, it's I don't know. I let's say it's a. I I will definitely acknowledge that it's a really good thing that I'm really proud proud of. Okay. And uh, yeah, for that context, in that context, yes, maybe. But I would say that what facilitated that is that in the we obviously. Um, benefit from um a oil economy okay so just so you guys know so we, your central resource yeah oil okay. has has been <clears throat> our main uh our main source of uh like of capital okay and until like just recently um the government has tried to kind of diversify the uh the you know the, the income uh, the different sources because oil is not long-lasting yeah and I mean, uh, it's also goes. not that good for the environment okay we also um we also um kind of rely rely on wood because we right. have uh we we're part of the second largest forest rainforest after the amazon oh, wow. mm -hmm. but okay. then that's also some not something that you can fully rely on forever because right. we need to you know, we need to protect you guys. We can't call, cut all our trees. Yeah. But so to go back to what to my earlier point is, um, in in the seventies we actually had a boom, like a boom of like oil. We had so much oil, and right. so much money. So because we had a relatively small population, right. people really had a lot. They were they were really people you know, were rich. People were rich basically. Okay. So it, it it had gotten to a point where you didn't need to really farm to in order to like sustain yourself hmm. a lot of people could just simply go to the city and do you know office jobs because that was the cool thing you right. everybody had so much they didn't need to farm anymore and so because they didn't want that they were um it was easier to get people to you know go to school um get education at least you know of uh, um, go through elementary school okay. and for a long uh, uh, for a long period you know even you know go through like high school and then um i think that culture kind of you know got passed down to the uh, later the earlier generation okay. generations and it's really incredible because 
it sounds that it sounds as if our educational system is like flawless, but it is actually a shit show. <laughs> it's right. actually really bad. Um, you know, when I was in high school, I was in a in a semi private public school, like a Catholic school. Okay. And uh, it was it, it it was nice, but then we also had moments where professors would go on strike, the, the, the teacher see. union would go on strike, right. and then over the years, even you know after I graduated, before like when I came here, right. um, it's just gotten worse and worse. Right. Actually, the, last year and this year, students barely even went to school. Okay. But the thing is that there is a kind of resilience among both parties like the students and teachers the fact that even though things are really really bad and mm. um the conditions are not really good right people are still weirdly motivated to you know go to school okay. that's really something that's cultural and that's a good point to bring because just for our guests literacy is not necessarily an indication of education it just shows people can read or write Right, it's some level of education, yeah. but it's pretty much a, a bare minimum. But showing kind of the note that people have gone beyond that, despite difficult circumstances, is important to note. Um, now I have questions about Gabon, kind of structurally. Right, Gabon is a French-speaking country for the most part; that's mm-hmm. the official language. But you also have what is it, four no. major ethnic uh, groups? Like forty. Forty. Okay. All right. <laughs> Sorry. My my my. No, it's okay. I right. mean, I would say we have about 40 major but then if we look at the super major ethnic groups it's like right. maybe seven or like eight. seven okay and and which one is the largest Fang? Fang? is it well there's that debate between like the Fang, okay. who are basically uh northwest they're predominantly in the northwest um no, northeast part of the of the country okay and then they're kind of spread around like in the middle part and uh like the west some some parts of the west west okay. coast um and then you have um the like you have like the 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 obamba and Teke who actually are um the group the major the, the the major groups in um the second province where the actual the current president okay president, where is that in the center of it's the like country? it's south south, south? East, okay south oh, east. I see. so it's kind of by uh right by uh congo um brazzaville okay. and then you have i would say you have the the um, the puno who are mostly like kind of southwest or just south okay so it's it's it, it's very fluid, really, right. depending on, like, let's say in, in, in the capital where I grew up and where you have basically a mountain pop, pop and your of capital everything. Is Brazzaville? No, Libreville. Libreville. Right. Yeah, Jeez. Brazzaville is. It's Congo. Congo right. is. Yeah. Libreville. Okay, Libreville. Libreville. But it's, you know, Ville. Right, Ville. <laughs> Sorry, apologies. So, like, depending, when, you know, when you're in a, in a capital in Libreville, um, depending on which neighborhood you're at, you might feel like a certain group is kind of more um, predominant than another yeah, group. Right. But so how was, do they relate to each other? Like, <laughs> well, I know that there's been, there's been some kind of small, you know, litter, li- little, like, conflict between, like, the Fong and the people of 
the second province, so the Obamba and Obambas and Tekes, because Obamba and Tekes are kind of cousins, cousins okay. ethnic groups. It's not the same language, but they all come kind of from the same kind of the same right. province. And so there's been kind of little like conflict, really tiny ones, okay. uh, ba- uh, based on. They kind of, they kind of originated from the fact that the first very first president was Fang, okay, and the second president who lasted the longest was um, Teke Obama. Ah, I see. And then after he passed, right, um, the new elected president, yeah. his son, <laughs> was also Teke. Is also a Teke right. Obama. So, kind of... so it's kind of some type of conflict and. Uh-huh. Uh, the way the past president, so the forty-two year, the forty-two um, years, forty-two year guy, forty-two year guy president yeah. was in power. He started like he was basically kind of ruling the country as like like a like a village, literally. Okay. Yeah, he was ruling okay. it as a what village. What do you mean by that? In term, he was basically like he's the chief, and he kind of ruled the country in a way that kind of satisfies like everyone. Um, he started a kind of a geopolitic. Um, uh, system where certain groups, um, certain ethnic groups had certain uh, positions. So he mm-hmm. wanted to make sure that all ethnic groups were represented in the government. I see. And um, so over the years, it's like it just became kind of, there was a kind of a formula, a system of how people get positions based on where So are you from. saying this guy was a pretty decent guy, only that he was there for way too long? Uh, it is very relative. Very, okay. It is, you know, and things that, you know, I could be all reactionary and say, oh, yeah, there's a lot of issues in my country because there, there are a lot of them. Hmm. The country is very rich right. uh, when you look at the resources and you look at the number of people. We should be like, I don't know, like, like the Emirates, like Dubai or right. Abu Dhabi. Per capita, you guys yes, have a lot we, of money. And spend. even like right now, right. With, the, the, with the current conditions, we still do, we're still doing really, really fine compared to a lot of countries in sub-Saharan, like Africa, right. and even other countries in South, South Asia. We're doing right. really well um, with our GDP. But if you think at what could actually have been done okay. we i probably wouldn't even have to be here to study because you know because right. because the infrastructure the 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 resources would have been there right. so he did not do a great job at he did a terrible job at you know at, at right. not just maximizing just at he was not fair with the way he dealt with the with the risk the money right. of the, was he the corrupt? Country. Are you trying uh, to say he stole or? Well, there's a there's been a lot of um, articles, a lot of investigations, a mm-hmm. lot of things. People who had who claimed that he was very corrupt. Okay. And I won't go into much details, but okay. like, it's the the information is that is out there. Right. So I will. I'm grateful that we. Um, you know, we've never had uh, any major conflict, you know, um, any war, any, right. like, even though we have so many different ethnic groups, we've right. never... If, you haven't had any major conflict. No, we've team, never had... amazing. The main conflicts that, like, the, the you know, the main issues that we've had were usually, they've always been around the election times. Elections, right. Because people will always contest, but it's right. not like there is a anger that 
people have with each other that will push push them to fight and okay. so I would say I would give him props for that because right. that kind of came from the way he ruled as like chief. But, so, yeah. so I'd like to ask you about France's influence on Gibran. Oh, Iroh. There's an Iroh there for, for our listeners. Um, but, but you know, one of the kind of leftover footholds of colonialism leftover. is that. not So, you know, part of colonialism is a lot of its after effects where, uh, you know, countries that were colonized are still heavily influenced by countries that colonized them. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, it's sometimes about this argument. Are we really independent if these guys still pretty much tell us what we can or cannot do? You know, are we able to work on our own if we're pretty much just being babied by these other countries? What What are your thoughts on kind of France's influence on Gabon historically and right now? Well, so... <laughs> I, so you can be as political as you want to. You can... Yeah, the thing is that I, um, over the years, I've just... And I realized how much I despise, like, I dislike um, France as a country. Okay. Um, so no on Marsh. Um, well, no. that's different, though. Okay. See, it's, it's very complex, and it's good to raise that point. I mean, just so the listener, the listener, the, the, the listeners know, yeah. So you mentioned uh, uh, Emmanuel Macron's yes. uh, movement. Um, but we can get back to that in a okay. few, but let's say um, I am very, very bitter and angry and frustrated and, you know, upset at the simple fact that we were colonized by France because that was not, it was a terrible thing. It was, yes. it was rape. Yes. That's, we just should tell it like it is. It was, they came over, they took whatever they wanted, they without made consent. us feel, yeah, without consent. Yes. They imposed their culture onto us. They took our people um, participated in, in selling them to America and they just just took all the resources that they could. You know what? There's even one thing. It's very, very atrocious. Like, atrocious. Can I say right. atrocious? atrocious, yes. It's really bad. It's like, you know, it's in my father's uh, city. It's my father's hometown. Um, there is a company, um, uh, a French company called Comilog that was there to extract uranium. Okay. And okay. yes, and the yeah, yeah, uranium, like yeah, nuclear weapon, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So right. because we the country is rich, you know, so they right. they they extracted right. and they left and left a shit show. Like they left literally, nuclear waste. Yes, all that kind of the stuff. the waste <laughs> is. I I think it was three years ago where I I watched a documentary about about you know that was showing the places that I went and played at you know like places near my father's house like right. places i've been at um where they were they were testing the level of um radio uh, activity right and sometimes it was 20 times more than the normal right and it's you know it's just an example that i could i could go on and on on, on that but i just wanted to point point that out to show how um heartless they've been in the way they've kind of extracted and stolen if even if you want hmm. our resources and um until now they right. have they're still kind of benefiting from right. that we know so do you think that's going to change with the new government of france do you hope that that's going to well change? of course you know there's a lot of like over the recent years they're they're like 
their influence has been um has been very uh lowered not lowered what's the term reduced like, minimized, redu- minimized yeah. okay. let's say like they because the new government of, in, of gabon's kind of try to uh partner up with different countries okay. especially china mm. but um there's still like kind of a tiny influence and I, but the question is not that oh yeah is emmanuel macron a po- like politics um will his politics kind of cut ties totally with right. with the former colonies or right. Is it that he will engage the co- the former colonies in a way that is more that is more that is more fair? Would I it see. be more of like a partnership, a fair partnership? Or I suppose. Would to. it be more of like, oh yeah, we will still take from you guys? Right. So you don't want to be taken advantage of. Yes. So, but for. I, I, I don't. I really don't have much of an opinion on that because, right. like, I really don't know. Okay. Like, I think it's just there's a lot of optimism about about him right. but I don't I really don't, wanna don't want to be too optimistic fair enough just I was that optimistic with Justin Trudeau but you know you should look at what's happening in Canada right now it's okay. not really a good thing alright we'll, yeah. we'll hold off on Canada on this part. it's just a thing right. I like Trudeau fair enough yeah. <laughs> um, so my, my last set of questions and again some of my favorite questions to ask first is as far as your country's future is concerned, what are you worried about? What concerns you that could derail whatever progress you've made as a nation? What do you think could seriously cause problems if you were to strike a warning to the heart of somebody that might have the opportunity to make a key decision in the future? What would you express? Um, it's easy to say, yeah, corruption, because it's just something that's widespread throughout Right. Not just Africa, by the way. <laughs> Everywhere. Okay. Please, uh, I think it's important to point that out. We're le- we're the living proof right. here in America, so it's yes. just important to just say that corruption is a global thing. Yes. Um, but I would say education again, it, and it's it was the first uh first thing that we talked about. I think okay. there is a lot of passion among um young people in my country, and. I saw that at the last elections that we had. Um, there is also something that we have something in Gabon that I really like find among other um, African uh, or Africans is we have a big, like a really, really big love and connection to the country that the majority of people who live outside of Gabon mm-hmm. really want to go back. I see. Like, like, I would say with much, much confidence that eight people out of ten are uh, interested in coming back. Are, yeah, oh, and, and, and like really, really as, as soon as possible. Okay. I even had like my, my one of my best friend's sister, she didn't even worry about looking for a job, a job after her degree. She went back home. Immediately. Wow. Yeah. My friend also, Richard, um, he he, you know, he, he graduated summa cum laude from Notre Dame with a master in finance. Okay. He stayed a year and he just went back home. Oh, so wow. it's just like people really, we really, you know, as young uh, Gabonese, we really, really feel connected and want to go back. Right. But I feel like this love and connection will just kind of be wasted up uh, because of the lack of 
educational resources mm. and um, the lack of structure uh, that will, you know, that will uh, facilitate, like, um, like a good, a good. Um, how can I say that? Facilitate um, good, ca- good careers. Right. You know. Good okay. And it's all connected to education. You need to I have see. a system that that works. All right. So, what gets you excited? What makes you hopeful about? Gabon and its future, what makes you think that the country is going to go to new heights? Um, well, I would say education, mm-hmm. even though that might sound corny, super okay. corny, but um, I am very, uh, like, I, I believe that with a strong educational structure, um, right. we can solve a lot of the issues that we have because the more educated people are, the more resourceful they get, the more curious they get. and. Right you end up with kind of a big tick tank of like knowledge and And you think that the young people moving back now are going to be a big part of that oh yes i I think so but the challenge is you know you kind of have all the knowledge and all the resources but if there's no no structure right it's kind of a waste Mm. and that's kind of where my excitement comes from is that i think i mean i think that there is an opportunity there to create like to create something to create like a, a framework um and i think a lot of ambitious young people um would like to kind of focus on their field and create educational right. things as opposed to creating structure yeah for, right. for instance me i'd like to you know since i study architecture i'd like to you know, have an architecture school right. in, in in near future. And I think if someone who's in engineering and like math, physics, or, you know, science would like to do something like that, you end up in like 20 years from now with different kind of islands of educational mm. structure, like infrastructures right. and right. yeah, so. All right, well, thank you so much, Nyla, for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate your thoughts. I'm sure our listeners will enjoy it too. Um, this I is, hope so. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Good. So this has been your guest, Akande. Sorry, your host, Akande. I did really with my with my guest, Nyla Opianga. Yeah. See, I got it right. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. I hope you enjoy. Uh, feel free to like, share, subscribe. Um, and rate me on iTunes as well. Um, I really appreciate all the comments and feedback I'm getting back from all of you. Enjoy your day and thank you so much. Thank you.